Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. And welcome to Beyond Your Best Plan, the podcast where we inspire you to move beyond what you believe you could move beyond. We have all Fab Five in the studio today. Kathleen's mission is to assist parents who have experienced the loss of a child to suicide, move from pain and suffering to peace, presence, and purpose. Catherine's mission is to help others end internal suffering and accomplish their dreams. Sarah's mission is to educate peers and help entrepreneurs to become more effective leaders. Claudette is on a mission to help people on their spiritual path go from zero to 60, activating their inner guidance to heal and grow and be. I'm Whitney, and I'm on a mission to help people do the work they love and love the work they do. Did you know that every problem has a solution? It may sometimes just need another perspective. That's Catherine Russell. Let's see if I can get this name right. Gerhard Geschwantner. One of you want to correct me on that one? Geschwantner. Problems are nothing. Problems are nothing but wake up calls for creativity. Even if I don't get his name right, I love that quote. The easiest way to solve the problem is to pause and let the answer arise within. That's our very own Claudette Anderson. Problems are not a problem unless you let them be so. And today, Claudette is leading our discussion about how to use what is within you to solve the problems that are about you or around you. Maybe that's the way I want to say that. So anyway, Claudette, take it away. Yes, I can remember when, and maybe you can relate. I used to have a problem and I would go into thinking it to death. I would just think and think and think and spin. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking about the problem. And it seemed like the more I thought about the problem, the larger the problem grew. And it wasn't until I discovered that what you focus on grows I think Tony Robbins says something like where you focus your energy goes. So I started to go, what? Okay. And I started to go deeper into that and discovered that our thought waves go out and it it literally is a transference of energy to whatever we're focusing on. So that's what he meant. But I needed to research deeper to go, what does he mean? right? We can hear a little saying, but not have full understanding of it. So when I began to understand that, I was like, oh, I'm focusing on my problem and my thinking, thinking, thinking actually isn't solving it. And what it did for me is it created confusion. And then I had a fear of making the wrong decision. And, you know, many of us have encountered that And I'm just here to share with you how I solved it. And then my other sisters can pick it up and tell you how they solved their problems. And so what I begin to understand is just to pause instead of going into logic and reasoning at first, I just started to pause, move into my heart, take a deep breath. And this does require that we believe there is a higher power and that power is within us. And within us are all the answers because the core of your being is tapped into the all-knowing mind. This is where scientists will say, I had a genius revolution or revelation. And you'll say, but I'm not a scientist. I'm not, you know, some of us believe we're not even that smart. I would say nonsense. You're part of creation. 
And when you tap into all knowing that core of your being, you can get any answer and it kind of just comes to you. So what I'll do now, this is a simple method that I use is when I'm challenged with something, I'll just go, Oh, show me the answer for that. Let me know what to do. And I let it go. I don't focus on it. I continue my day. It could be a day, two days, three days. I don't care. Why do I not care? Because if my brain kicks in, it's going to start gnawing on the problem like a bone. And then that drains my energy. Nope. Nope. The answer will come to me. And many times when you're rushed to give an answer, you know, I no longer allow myself to be rushed. I just don't. Now, if I have to make a snap decision, I believe and trust the answer will come to me before I need to make that decision. That's another belief. And if I believe that, that's what's going to happen. Because whatever we believe translates out into what our experience are, experiences are in one way or another. So it's just easier to just relax, ask to be shown, show me the solution and what to do next. And then we'll be just walking around the house, sitting on the toilet, taking a shower, and boom, it'll pop in. It's those little, I call them airdrops of truth, right? It's just like, boom. And then we all of a sudden know. And to me, that's just the easier way to do it. And why make life harder, right? So I'm going to open this up for my wonderful sisters, and I'm going to go right down the screen as it's shown to me. I'm going to ask Kathleen, take it from here. I think there's another part here that is worth even talking about is that when we have problems, we become attached to the problem. And once we become attached to the problem, we create more of that. And our ego starts to get involved in, in that. We often talk about the ego, but so I have a friend that is really struggling right now with her relationship with her daughters. And she is very attached to the lack of what she feels that what she receives back from them. And so I'm, I don't need to go into t- too much detail with that. But the fact is, we could use that as an example, or we could use that a business problem as an example, or even with our partners, where we expect that they're going to show up the way that we want them to show up. So the attachment, what's beneath that is the attachment to how we want them to show up. And we have an attachment to how they're going to show up versus how we're we're receiving or not receiving. So it really comes back to how do we want to live our life? The question that I ask is, how do I want to live my life? Do I want to live my life in that that regurgitation of not enough, they're not hearing me, I'm not getting what I want? What's wrong with them? You know, it's a lot of projection out on what someone else should be doing or, or shouldn't be doing. And I had the conversation with her last night. It's just like, you know, you're expecting it to be different than it is. Therefore, you're creating an attachment to wanting it to be different than it is. The fact is, you get to honor yourself in whatever someone else does, they do. They do. There's nothing you can do about their actions or reactions. You have to honor yourself enough to make the decisions that's good for you. And therefore, you will create a better space for when they do show up. So you do things because you want to, not because you have to or because you're, you're expected to. It came down to being Daughter's Day yesterday, which... I didn't reach out to my daughter until the very end of the day and just said, so I hear social media says it's your day today. (laughs) So I just want you to know that I honor and respect and love you and appreciate you every single day of the year. I don't need a, a, a social media day to dictate that. And with that, I want you to know how much I love you. I did that because I wanted to, not because it was daughter's day, not because I expected her to react a certain way. I did it because it felt good. So the problems that we cause, that we create, and I know this sounds probably harsh to many, but we often cause our own problems. And we often cause those problems to get bigger and bigger and bigger because we're attached to what we want someone else to do. We have to find it within, very similar to what Colette just said. So, yeah. I love that. I love the attached to the problem. That's really key for me. It kind of honed in. 
you know, we coach people, right? Like we coach people and consult. And I can remember multiple times when someone's discussing a problem with me and we start to move into the solution and they're holding on to it like a dirty rag doll, right? Like it's like a part of them doesn't want to let go of the problem. And so I think sometimes we even allow problems to become our identity and who we are, you know, but that's like a bad growth attached to your right hip or something. I mean, my God. So yeah, let's get that off and find a solution. So I'm going to go to Catherine. Thank you, Kathleen. Your insight was amazing. And Catherine. Yes. You know, so much goodness here. I will say we mentioned Tony Robbins earlier and one of his teachings that truly, truly, truly changed my life, my world, the meanings I give things. I mean, it was so profound. And, you know, it was him teaching that problems can actually be the gifts that we grow from. And it just shifted my world, that perspective, because we all have stories about problems or what's not working, right? We all give, we all have our own meanings that we give. Like some people just like flow with the problems or like, let's go problems. Woohoo! Like let's, what is there to solve? Right. You know, and others, and I, like, I've been in a very frustrated energy lately around problems because I have been living and effing breathing problems for months with Fit District because <laughs> we just finished our construction project. We just had our soft launch over this last week. And so it's like all of the things that aren't working are so present from the construction project and the HVAC and one of our studios aren't ready. And we hired like over 50 people in the last two months. And so that's now an HR problem that I'm dealing with. And, you know, organization and systems and what's not working and managers quitting, unexpected. And so it's like, just for me, it's like, how do we show up in problems? That's so powerful. And for me, my lessons, and there's always lessons in it. And all these problems, I'm 100% responsible for. It's my business, right? And it's all, it's in my world. So it's like me looking at myself, hey, how am I showing up in this? And my energy around it, a lot of the time has been, you know, very frustrating, right? And so that's for me to check. And that's my lesson in this. And this weekend, I really took some time to ground and reflect and focus on the blessings because in all of those problems, I mean, nine months ago, not that long ago, I would have been, I would have given anything for these problems nine months ago. And I'm here. The dream has manifested. Fit District is open. And it's like, Catherine, let's find gratitude in these problems because we are going to tighten up our business because of these problems. We're going to make it even better, right? And yes, it feels overwhelming. It feels like I'm in this space of problems way too much than I want to be right now, but it's all happening for me and for the bigger purpose. And I believe that in my whole heart and soul. And so my work on problems is in the moment being checked in with how I'm showing up, especially when I have a team all around me absorbing that energy and absorbing and watching, really. And so we can learn a lot from our problems. Truly, I believe our problems are the gifts we grow from. So that's like what's very present for me right now. And I'll also share coming in an energy of like, okay, cool, we have a problem. Like with my team, like I, all, I, I say this constantly, like if they're coming with a problem, I'm saying, what's the solution? What are your thoughts on the solution? Do not come to me as a team with a problem without a solution. It's one of my rules on my team. And so it's like, it gets in that energy of like, okay, we got a problem. Cool. We're going to solve it. And what's the solution? So this show is about problem solving 
And so how can we begin, and this is me speaking for myself and sharing, how can we begin to, like Kathleen said, release attachment? You know, it's a problem and just more, all right, we have something to solve. And that's a beautiful gift, right? It can be messy AF, solving problems. And when, especially when you're building, it's super messy. Have you, I mean, messy, right? You're trying things, not working. There's human emotion and dynamics involved and all these things. So be patient with the problem solving process and yourself, just knowing we're all perfectly imperfect, doing our best. But if we can step into accountability around problems and go, oh, I get to solve it. It could just really help with a mental shift in how we're showing up, not only for ourselves, but for our people, whatever that looks like. That is powerful. You said it's the gift we grow from. And I think that's incredible. And I've started saying, thank you for showing me. Thank you for, instead of so many times we'll go, I forgot that again, or, "Ah," you know, we're putting ourselves down. I always say, thank you for showing me. And, you know, you just like a ding, ding, ding went in my mind. I do corporate consulting. And when there's a problem, we change it to a project. We call it a project, not a problem. And then the whole mental awareness of it shifts, right? And so we're like, oh, we just have a project we need to complete. And the completion of that project is the system that needs to go into place to solve it, right? And so what you said was amazing. And then you said, you know, with gratitude. And I love that thought out real quick, if I could just say, like, I wrote it down because that brings gratitude to the problem, right? Gives us in a, because where we operate from, our mind space, our energy, our state is everything. We can't solve shit from a low vibe state, right? And so thank you for showing me is powerful and language carries energy. So thank you for that. I took notes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So amazing. Thank you, Catherine. And next on my computer screen is Whitney. Whitney, what would you have to say? The brilliance in this group just week after week continues to astound. I have taken so many notes. I'm like running out of space for notes, listening to you guys week after week. So I just want to acknowledge a couple of things that I've heard and then sort of, you know, maybe share a story from my life. But this concept that the problems are the gifts that we grow from, right? Before we started recording, we were talking about obstacles and problems, challenges, issues, whatever you call them. I love this concept of reframing it as a project right? And when we reframe things, when we change the language around what we're facing, how that opens us up for other opportunities, being grateful for them. And I know this is one of those things that's really difficult when you're in the midst of whatever's going on and you're feeling it and being attached to it, that it's difficult to take a step back sometimes in the moment and say, I'm grateful for this opportunity, right? It's not that you have to be so grateful for what the thing is, but there's an opportunity, there's a nugget in that, and it opens up potential and possibilities. And, you know, reframing how we look at things makes such a big difference for how we are able to address it or move through it. It's just feedback, <laughs> right? It, it's like all of life is this is information and it's feedback. So if you have a problem, an issue, an obstacle, a challenge, what is it telling you, right? And just ask the questions. And it's one of the things that I started doing. And before, thank you for the reminder of Tony, Catherine, and I share this probably every week, if not a couple of times a month on this program. I say it to myself and others at least once a day. Nothing has any meaning other than that which we give it. It's another Tonyism. And in that is, for me, this reminder that 
whatever I'm facing, I'm giving it a story. And if I'm giving it the story that it's a problem and or that it's a problem that I can't solve or there's trouble in this, that's what I get. As you said, the focus goes, energy flows, right? And so if that's what's happening, I'm sort of creating that. Or if I'm not creating it, at least I'm magnifying it. And I don't want to magnify things that aren't serving me, right? That aren't what I desire. And so I get that in the context that we're talking about, the the problems actually do serve me in some way, even if it's not the outcome that I'm looking for. So just a little shift, a little tweak in that. And so story, when I was in my last job and I was in the midst of my life misery, I had a job that I hated. I was going to say I had a job I didn't like. (laughs) I had a job that I hated. There were people that I didn't like. I I don't hate anyone. But the job and the things that I saw that were required as a lobbyist, they were just things that didn't connect with my, my value system and who I wanted to be. And so it created for me problems in in that job. And at the time, I didn't really understand or make the connection of what the problem was in the job. I had a job, I made good money. You know, for the most part, I worked with people that I did like. There were some that I didn't, but for the most part, the people that I worked with, I liked. They were trying to do the best that they could with what they knew. We didn't always agree on politics or those things, but that wasn't the point. And so in the midst of all of that, I couldn't think straight on how to get myself extricated from that situation. And I had always prided myself. Probably if you could go and look at my resumes from my early years, problem solver was like near the top of my skills and abilities, right? I'm a problem solver and I still am, but I solve my problems differently. And you mentioned this at the very beginning, Claudette. I was all about using my logic, my analytical abilities and thinking things through. And that worked well in things that were not necessarily problems that impacted me and my life from a a living perspective. That sort of works well for math and engineering and science problems and, and some other things. But affairs of the heart, being logical and analytical, not necessarily the best approach. And so I had to take a step back. And I think the beginning of my journey on this particular aspect was in when I read Deepak Chopra's book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And in the book, he's talking about the importance of meditation and why we meditate, what meditation is and what it isn't. And he gives this analogy, and I may have shared this here before, but he gives this analogy of when we're looking, when we're in, we're desiring a solution, right? When we're desiring the path forward to where we're trying to go. Stillness, and you mentioned pausing, right? Stillness, quiet and stillness is the gateway. And so he this analogy is of a being in the middle of the ocean and all these waves are crashing and, and, you know, huge tidal waves and whatnot. And if you were to drop the Empire State Building in that, it wouldn't make a difference because there's all this turmoil, chaos already happening in that environment. But if you take a drop of rock on a still pond, right, you can see the ripples. Because it's still that little nugget. I don't remember exactly what you called it, Claudette. I didn't write that down. But that drop, that airdrop, that drop, right, that comes into your consciousness, 
that is the answer that a lot of times we ignore because it's too simple or it's not what we want, (laughs) right? That's not the answer that we want, which I think becomes a huge part of why people have trouble problem solving. They want a different answer and the answer is right before them. It's simple or it's not what they want, going back to the attachment piece. And so if you're not going to be open to the answers that come, then you get to sit and continue in the chaos. And that's what was happening for me in my job situation. I was looking for a very particular path forward in my job. And my husband said at the point at which I'd sort of moved through the singleness part of my misery. And my husband says to me, and it may have even been before we got married, but he said, why don't you work for yourself? And I was like, I tried that before. I don't want to do that. And so, no, I kept looking for another job and it just wasn't happening. And then I made some time and space to just be quiet and still. What is the path forward for me? What's the answer for this? And so it's ask, seek, knock, right? You ask and you seek the answer. And the way I see the seek, knock is... You ask, and then you just wait for the answer, right? And then when it comes, then you step through the door that is that opportunities on the other side. But you've got to be willing to say, this is what's come to me. I'm going to go with it and not fight it because it's not what you want. And for me, that's what it was. Right. I did not want to go into business for myself again. I'd been there, done that, didn't work very well. It's totally different this time. I wasn't ready the last time. I'm a different person now. Right. And so you have to keep that in mind as you're moving through things. So you don't have to get rid of your logic and analytics, but you do need to add this other piece in right, of tapping into your inner knowing, allowing the greater, the higher power, however you see that, allowing that to drop into your consciousness, to give you, give you, gift you the answer. You don't have to struggle to get it. And I'll just say this, the difference between solving the problem with brute force and solving the problems by letting it come to me is that I get to stay in an energy state that I love, right? And before, it's draining to be always looking, looking, looking for it. It just sounds, doesn't it sound like energy drain? I'm looking, 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 fighting for the answer as opposed to letting the the answers come, so. That is incredible, you know, so... What I wrote down, I was trying to write down, I kind of ran out of stuff to write on the first page, but I love how you specified you were in your logic. There was a time I was in my logic and logic works with what is currently understood. So what is currently understood, that's what our lower mind is for. That's why we use the lower mind. If we currently understand something, we apply the lower mind. When we run into a lack of understanding, that's when we can shift to that infinite intelligence. And the promise of infinite intelligence is its ways are higher than our ways. Think of it as tapping into a supercomputer that can take every single potentiality of everybody's thoughts, everybody's actions, current actions and future, and it calculates the best result. I don't know about you, but after I figured that out, I was like, I I tapped out. My little brain has nothing compared to that. Like I'm sitting over here in my problem, pooping all over myself. I mean, that's basically what that was. Well, I know. I mean, that's just an analogy, but I was just like, you know, my solution is nothing compared to the solution of a supercomputer of infinite intelligence. So thank you. And yes, allowing the knowledge, allowing the knowing to rise, going into the stillness 
It's all about that. We sometimes make ourselves too busy, right? We're too busy. We're too whatever. And we always have a distraction. Be with yourself and know thyself because who you are is so much more than who you think you are. So with that, we're going last but not least, our beautiful Sarah. Sarah, what do you have to say? Thank you, Claudette and Catherine, Kathleen and Whitney for just this powerful conversation. We really, Whitney, you're a perfect segue for where my thoughts were headed. We have a chronic issue in our society as to how we deal with problems. And I have, actually, one of my best friends cannot meditate and she cannot do yoga. She cannot. And she's very fidgety. And she's always moving and she's, her mind is always thinking. And it's one of the reasons I love her. Like her mind moves probably 3000 miles a minute. And I, as I've said before, I'm a great stuffer. I'm a great worrier. I'm a great, I can over process something in my mind. And I look at how far I've come probably I'd say in the last eight years, even, and that Meditation has become part of my practice. I was able to figure it out. Yoga, probably longer than that before, but yoga was probably my first experience at being still. And when you're still and you're quiet and everything else, you're focused on that one, if it's meditation or if it's yoga, you know, those are forms of staying still. They're not the only forms but they're really popular forms. And what I would say is that enabled me to be quiet enough to allow things to drop in and answers to come and feelings to heal and scars to heal during those time periods, which have all helped me work through problem solving. I always say my husband is kind of unique, not totally, but when I have a little bit of an issue with something going on in our relationship, I can always go to him, share, and I may or may not get the response I want, but most often, and I'm telling you guys, it's just part of his practice, and men do process problems different than women. He takes a couple days and then will come back to me. And it took me a while at first. I kept kind of pounding my fist. No answer now. Now, why can't you get to back to me on this now? Why don't you have an answer? Why don't you have a solution to this problem? I would be very demanding and very insistent. And he'd say, I just need time. And he never, never not comes back. He always comes back with something to say about it. And it's generally very considerate, very well thought out and very you know, much in alignment with probably where we really need to head. That reaction to my behavior has been huge. Instead of him being extremely reactionary, you know, it diffuses arguments, right? Like what's there to argue about when someone just needs time? <laughs> really diffuses that pretty quickly. So, um, and then that leads me to, you know, what I learned in the last couple of years was also Leaning into your ability to ask questions and hear somebody and hear the other person and hear what they're needing out of the situation when there is something that rises up. I feel like had I continued on the trajectory of stress that I was exposing myself to and the amount of pressure and inability to not feel like oh, the feeling was just complete overwhelm and stress and pressure and overthinking and overwhelm. And I learned how to manage that well, caught up to your point. I stayed busy a lot doing busy things to manage part of that. And quite frankly, busy is sometimes something that is not, it could be doing the dishes. Busy can be doing dishes. But sometimes that's the quiet space or the quiet moment where then things, why do we think so many things come to us in the shower? <laughs> we're alone. We're focused. We're quiet. We're soothed. You know, we have feeling, we're feeling the shower. We're feeling the smells. We're feeling ourselves caring for ourselves in that moment. 
And so, yeah, when we're sitting on the toilet and we're quiet, things are going to come to us. So I'd love for us to just, as a society, address more towards, teach our children more about quiet time. And I don't mean video time and I don't mean TV time. I mean just quiet, whether it's taking a walk or hiking, meditating, yoga, working out can actually be a quiet time for somebody. It can be that space. So find your quiet that feels good. My girlfriend's never, I mean, maybe one day. I've known her for a really long time, guys, probably 25 years. I don't know that she'll ever embrace meditation or yoga, but I know that as she's gotten older, she's finding ways to have quiet time and finding ways to go and find space for herself. And in those moments, she's finding healing and answers and calmness and stillness. It feels so much better to not be so engaged in all the problems where I feel completely stressed out and have that deep calm and have that deep knowing, a knowingness of knowing it's going to be okay, a knowingness of knowing that the answer is going to come. I don't have a house, guys, and we're in a rental. You know, I could be super worked up over this. I could be neurotic, to be quite frank, but we're not. We're laid back. We're comfortable. We're safe. We're together. We're happy. And the journey continues. The house will come. I'm not super, super concerned about it, but there is a completely different way to react to that. There are some people that might lose their mind. There's some people that become very uncomfortable and hate their situation so vividly that they can't even get forward to a solution because it's just that energetic. We're just so worked up or they're so worried, right? So I, I'd love for us as a society to find and promote more ways of finding quietness and stillness because it is, there's just no doubt. I know from experience that that's the way that we get past and we get through and that we're able to live a more balanced life. Life just feels way more balanced when I'm not completely engaged in being stressed out about all the problems that, because problems are all around us. If we want to look for them, they're there. All we have to do is open our eyes, but also how are we framing it? You know, I think Catherine might've brought that up. I mean, how, or, and Claudette together, you guys, you know, how you're framing the word problem and turning it into a project. You know, that's a brilliant, brilliant idea. And a lot of times I found this, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to make much sense to you guys, but we did some creek hike, hiking this year. My friend has property and we are determined to discover the creeks, this huge creek. And we were walking in the creek to do it. And she kept seeing spiders. I was not seeing spiders. I was a little worried about snakes, but I kept saying, well, if I don't look, I don't look, I don't see them. Even if they're there, if I don't see them, they're not there, right? So reframing something, the power of how you can frame an experience. I really, she was always the one to spot spiders. I very rarely saw the spider to even get annoyed with, but guess what? There are probably 10 of them all around me. But I didn't get worked up and I didn't attach focusing on where the spiders were to our journey. You know, so it was just a different level of experience. And guess what? I know if I looked hard enough, the snakes were there. <laughs> Hopefully our, our whole goal was to be loud enough that they would go hide because these obnoxious, loud women through the creek would scare them away. That was my thoughts. But so it is really just a good point to point out that it, we have the ability to see or not see, and we choose. And I don't mean sticking your head in the sand. That's not what this is about. But reframing, you know, how we're dealing with things. So thank you, ladies, for opening this powerful topic. Uh, again, just another one of those topics that we could continue on. And I'm excited to hear back from our listeners. I know everybody processes problems different and projects different. So I'm excited to hear what you all have to say back to us about how you're dealing with them and maybe inspire us a little bit on what we could do differently. As Sarah, well. I want to just pipe in and I know Claudette, you're going to uh, just please hold that thought because there's so much Sarah said that I know that you're going to reframe and, and share again. So please just hold that thought for a second. But Sarah, I loved how you were talking about finding 
finding different ways to be silent, finding ways to go deeper in yourself. And I just want to share this story because I just find it so hilarious. There's sometimes we don't even realize, mostly we don't even realize we're causing our own problems, we're causing our own thoughts, we're causing, and during my healing journey, I have talked about this often, but I have gone to ayahuasca ceremonies more than 30 times. I'm very much in sync with plant medicines globally because it's helped me so much to go deeper and to find patterns in which I'm operating in my life that I didn't even realize I was operating in. And during one of my ceremonies, because I find it so funny, I have to share this. I was obviously in the space of, of understanding how I feel like I'm not enough, that I have to prove myself. And so I was in this journey with my colleagues of the Jack Canfield community. And Jack Canfield's the one that wrote all the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. He's got the success principles. He does a whole Canfield methodology that I'm trained in. And so we were all at this retreat with Jack Canfield. And I have all my male colleagues beside me on both sides. And I'm deep in the medicine and my body, I can't move. Like I can't raise my hand. I can't, my body is like stuck to the mat. Deep in the medicine, my stomach starts rolling. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to shit my pants. Oh my gosh, I can't. And all I could think about in my ceremony, deep in the middle of the ceremony was, what are they going to think of me? I can't do that because my colleagues are here. Oh my God. And just like this mind chatter was so stuck in the fear of shitting my pants. And then suddenly like mother ayahuasca pops in and says, so just shit your pants. And I was like, Oh my God, why did we get so worried about the things that we all do? And so just let it go. And so I, I just let it go. So I thought, And I'm laughing hysterically. I'm like, just shit your pants. It doesn't matter. What does it matter? We're all here. And you know, like I had this epiphany of like, I am living my life in fear of what other people thought of me. And I didn't even realize it. And so when I finally come out of the medicine enough to say, well, you better go to the bathroom and change your pants, you know? And I was, again, I was like, my bed's going to be covered. The fact is, I did not, it was an energetic release. There was nothing in my pants. There was nothing in my bed. I was energetically releasing the attachment to the story I've created about what other people are going to think of me. And so I just wanted to add that because we're talking about being conscious about the projects or the challenges that come up. But sometimes there's a subconscious that's a little deeper that you're operating in. And so, you know, that's how I help my clients. That's how Claudia helps her clients. Like we all help our clients differently, but just getting to the subconscious in which that we're living in, that we don't even realize we are continuing to live in the story. So, you know, in my closing remarks, I'm like, I'm just going to say, reframe the story and be curious about the project that's being presented right now in your life while you're in the infinite possibilities of solutions that are waiting for you to step into. Be curious. I love that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to repeat what kind of what Sarah said a little bit, just emphasize a few things. And Kathleen, the fact that you shared that, I think it's going to help someone. It just is like how many of us have been concerned about what someone else thinks. Right. I love the way this podcast flows because it, we always, you know, it just flows out of us, right? Another thing is you mentioned the subconscious that sometimes it is, I would say all the time. Our subconscious is, it never sleeps. It's always acting. It's always reflecting out. So yeah, there's deeper things going on behind the scenes, right? So that when we know them, we can then do something, right? Or we can get truth on them or we can have an epiphany or whatever that is. Because I believe truth and epiphany are the same thing. But Sarah had really gone into stillness, just like Kathleen mentioned. And I would, I would say to our listeners, you know, Sarah was talking about her friend 
and her friend can't do it because she believes she can't do it. See, her friend doesn't realize how powerful she is. Her friend's like, I can't do yoga. I can't do meditation. It's because you believe you can't. And as long as you believe you can't, you want. And so to shift from, I can't do something, go to maybe I can, right? Like you might not be able to go from I can't to I will or I am, but go to maybe I can. And then each day I get better at. And so you're kind of shifting your energy to get to the point that you can, because you can do all things through the divine power that operates within you. That's the promise of that. There's, it's like a spiritual precept, right? I can do all things through the divine power that operates within me. The divine power within me shows me the way. That's why you have a solution to everything. So Sarah, thank you for sharing that and how it brought balance to your life and how going into the knowing, like to me, the knowing is the solution. And when it happens, when you know something in your gut, there's no questioning it. You don't have to go ask somebody. There's none of that. There's no doubt. That knowing is like, boom, you just know. And all of us have had that to where we just know something and we knew to do something and no one could talk us out of it, right? So thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate that. And then we're going to recap everybody real quick. Catherine, we're going to go to you next. What's your recap for everybody before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. So I would just say in dealing with problems, we've heard a lot of talk on, you know, take it in, take it slow, process. Sometimes we have to be fast and quick with problem solution. Like that's where I've been, especially with the team. I've got a brick and mortar, it's like fast, quick, our team. So it's like, I would say with problem solving, it's part tapping into your intuitive, your soul. It's also part really knowing the situation, being in there, knowing all the dynamics. It's part heart and it's part math because a lot of some problems take a spreadsheet to be involved, right? And helping to see numbers and things. So there's multiple ways to come to a educated decision, right? And I think it's part intuition, it's part math, it's part heart, and it's part just being in and knowing the situation, getting your hands dirty and being in there. And sometimes it requires more of a thoughtful, soul-searching kind of process. And sometimes it requires quick, especially if you're in leadership, people need you to be quick, decisive, and the moment, depending on the situation. You know, I love what you just said, Catherine. And I had written down um, like art and science, right? There's an art and science to this. There is a logical, analytical part. There is the hard part. And concept that I'm a big believer in even for making quick decisions, is slow down to go fast, right? You slow down to go faster. And being in that space allows you to make those quick decisions and know that you're on the right track, which which I think is what we want. Ultimately. I'll just add, um, just because I'm feeling led to say this, I ask questions. Hear the other person. If, if your problem exists, or a project exists within, you know, a, a community or people involved asking questions just so powerful. Lean in, care about their thoughts. Because remember, as I would put it, we only know about 2% of what the other person's feeling, thinking, or experiencing in that moment. And so uncovering the 98% to fully understand where you're at and what you're handling and what you're dealing with, and then find a plan on moving forward. That is perfect. Thank you, ladies. I love you. I think you bring so much to the table. We're turning it back over to Whitney. So problems happen, but they don't have to consume us, right? And when you tap into your inner knowing, your the infinite intelligence, and get out of your head, you can allow the answers to come to you. What if you stopped trying to be a problem solver and became a solution receiver? That's the way I'm going to reframe this. I'm going to be a solution 
receiver? How could your life change with that shift? So that's the table, the question on the table for you. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. If you have not already done so, please review and rate our show and join us on Facebook and Instagram to share how you solve problems or how our discussion will help you try to do so in a different way, including being a solution receiver. Before we go, Claudette, you've got a number of different things going on. Why don't you share what's happening with you and how our audience can connect with you? Thank you for that. Yes, you know, what we do is we help people awaken spiritually. An awakening to me might mean something a little different from you, but to me, it's actually understanding how the world works and beginning to operate within that so that you can actually see the demonstration and you can rise in your power and how we do this. And what does that do for you? It starts to calm the mind down. It starts to eliminate the problems so you can be a receiver and it heightens the intuition and we start to walk with an openness to receive at all times and we realize this divine power and guidance is available 24 7 and then the mind can serve it because who you are in your higher spirit is so much more so i created an app to support people while they're on this journey And you can go to truthmethod.com and look at app memberships. It describes each level. There is also a complimentary level. And so I'd love for you to come check it out and let me know your feedback on that. So back to you, Whitney. Thank you for sharing that opportunity with us, Claudette. So again, we want to thank you for joining us. And until next time, receive your solutions. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.